The scripture for this series is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 through 37, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Hear these words of scripture taken from the New Living Translation. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Sue. So today we continue with our worship series that's called Get Off Your Donkey. And it's based off of this book by the same title by Reggie McNeil. And this whole book is based on Jesus's parable that Sue just read for us, the parable of the Good Samaritan. In this book, McNeil shares this call to action saying, if enough of us get off our donkeys like the Samaritan does in Jesus' story, determined to be part of the solution and address the problems that we see around us, then we can stop this downhill slide for so many people, maybe even our communities, our country, and our world. Because remember that discipleship is just like breathing. It's inhaling the Spirit of God, taking in what we need, caring for ourselves spiritually, and then exhaling, going and doing, showing the love of God to others and caring for those in need. Just like you can't live by only inhaling, 
if you only care for yourself, your own spiritual needs, then you can't fully understand what it means to be loved by God and to love as God loves. Let's pray. O God, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts, be pleasing to you. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In this story of the Good Samaritan, Jesus shows us that as his followers, helping others should be as natural as breathing is for us. And yet, how often do we see that person in need? Whatever need that might be, a physical, a mental, emotional, maybe it's just a moment of listening. And instead of helping, we pass by on the other side of that proverbial road, keeping our head down so that we don't really have to make eye contact with them. So what are the reasons why we pass by without helping? McNeil answers in this question and outlines several reasons in the book. The first reason that he gives is a real kicker for me. It's religious activity. That's why we pass on the other side of the road. In the parable, the priest and, and the Levite, or, or the, I, how, how did it say it in the, um, the temple assistant uh, in the version that Sue read for us, priest and the temple assistant, they are leaders in this first century Jewish religious system. And priests, they were the ones who offered sacrifices. That was central to Judaism. And they also cared for the operational side, or the conducted the religious rites in the temple. Then the Levites, or those temple assistants, they took care of all of that operational stuff. So they prepared the utensils that they needed for rituals. They maintained the buildings and, and the grounds. So together, they were essentially the church staff for that community. They were the crew in charge of the church services. And due to the Jewish cleanliness customs, that was very different back then. And if a priest or a Levite touched a dead person due to these customs, they wouldn't be able to perform their jobs. They had to first go through this whole purification process, and then they would be able to do their jobs again. So this half-dead victim in Jesus' story, it presents a real dilemma to them. Maybe he appeared dead on the side of the road, and so they were afraid to approach him. Or if they tried to help, and then he died while they were helping him. They would be religiously unclean, unable to do their work in the synagogue. Either way, they chose to walk by in order to maintain their ability to perform these religious duties instead of helping this dying man. Jesus, in telling this story, he blows the cover off of religion, stating that if religious observances has priority over someone who is in need in front of you, then there is a real problem. Now we can listen to this and we can think um, back to the religious people of that day and think, oh, well, well, they did wrong in that instance. But we do the same thing. 
We might not have these cleanliness customs that the first century Jews did, but our religious activity still gets in the way of us being good neighbors. Meetings. And as United Methodists, we are real good at having meetings for everything to discuss and think and ponder and then meet again in another month and discuss and think and ponder. And then you add to all the meetings, the classes and the group activities and the luncheons, all of these things, they're fun and they're good. But if they cause us to pass by someone in need because we are too consumed with our our churchy stuff, then we are completely and utterly missing the point. McNeil says it this way, if you are so involved in church that you don't have any margin of time or energy or money for people who are in need, then that's more about religion than following Jesus. And that's not what we're about, is it? We're about Jesus here. But maybe that's not you. Maybe your life isn't filled with all of the churchy stuff, but it's still filled to the brim with busyness and distraction. So many of us are worn down by exhausting lifestyles. I love it. McNeil says, it's like being nibbled to death by toothless piranhas. That's what busyness is, being nibbled to death by toothless piranhas. And then the result is this chronic tiredness and this increased anxiety and these toxic levels of stress. And then all of that, all of that negativity, it impacts our capacity, our willingness to get off of our donkeys and help someone. Because who has time to stop and help someone on the side of the road? Because we have places to go. We have people to see, and our donkeys are hauling as fast as they can to get wherever we need to go in the next five minutes. However, if we want to be more available to our neighbors in need, we have to figure out a way to do something, to increase our margins of our time and our energy and make room for other people. This is one that cuts deep for me personally. Because between work and homework, each kid having a couple of activities that they need to go to multiple times a week, family gatherings, getting together with friends, not to mention, you know, making dinner and doing laundry and like cleaning the house or something sometime, the margin is minimal to non-existent. And I hate it. I know something needs to change. Because what ends up happening with all of us is that we're so consumed with everything that we have to do that we miss the people, the people who are around us. We miss their needs, and we miss what makes life really worthwhile. Connecting with people, seeing them for who and whose they are, helping them, and then in return, feeling this sense of joy and accomplishment that comes from connecting to something that is greater than ourselves. For me, 
I'm reminded of this acutely when I meet with somebody and or I say, would you like to have coffee or would you like to, can I call you on the phone or can I come visit you sometime? And they say, oh no, no, you're too busy. Oh no, no, I don't want to take up your time. That's the good stuff of my job is meeting with people and talking and discussing how we can do this thing called following Jesus in this wacky world. Sometimes the change seems insurmountable. There's just too much stuff, and I don't have time to think about changing things because I just have to go do all the things. But the change could be as simple as putting our phones down when we're waiting somewhere and instead lifting our head, looking around to the people and the needs around us. Or maybe you are called to overhaul your entire lifestyle, examining your life from head to tail, looking at all of these radical ways to simplify so that there's more time available for helping others, knowing that then you will in turn enrich yourself. Each week in this series, we are sharing a video of people in our congregation who are getting off their donkeys. This week, we have Tim and Leslie Miller. Let's take a look. Hi, we're the Millers. I'm Leslie. And I'm Tim. And we have a son, Brian, and a daughter-in-law, Olivia. We've been members of Brexville UMC for over 20 years now. And today we'd like to share with you some of the get-off-your-donkey uh, activities that we have found to be very rewarding to us. And some of the favorite things that we've participated in, um, one is being part of the Panera Bread Ministry, which helps support the Ann George Food Pantry, formerly the Parma Heights Food Pantry, which provides groceries to local families in need. We've also been involved with the Pearl Road UMC dinners, and the dinners we've helped with shopping and preparing, serving and cleaning up, and we have served anywhere from 25 to over 100 people, and that was meals at the time and carry-out meals. And that mainly served the old Brooklyn community. We also helped with the MedWorks uh, health clinics by donating, organizing, packing, and distributing our hygiene kits for the MedWorks health clinics. MedWorks provides free medical, dental, and optical care for underinsured and uninsured uh, individuals who otherwise would not have access to these uh, basic services. We also support Habitat for Humanity's Faith Build by helping to build or renovate new homes for low-income families. We also like, work, like working on our workship days that the church has sponsored, which is packaging meals that are shipped out globally. This ministry provides approximately 35,000 meals to people in need all over the world. But one of the things that we have done over the years that, as a family, even when our son was little, is every Thanksgiving, for over 25 years now, we deliver meals. And our son's now 31, so we've been doing it since he was five years old. And we have, that has become such a, a family tradition yeah. for us. All of these activities have a special place in our hearts for many different reasons. We are like everyone else. Our time, our energy, our hard-earned money uh, can be spent in many different places. Uh, we would encourage you to find a place uh, where you can make a difference. 
Every little act changes the world, so why not change it for the better? We believe that's what Jesus wants us to do, be his hands and feet. We are all very blessed individuals, and the world is so much bigger than us. Let's work to make it better for our neighbors. Every little act changes the world, so why not change it for the better? Leslie and Tim shared several ways that they perform these little acts to work towards change in the world. And it sounded like it was a lot when they listed all of them out together. But when you spread these things out throughout a year, it's not too much taking donations to a local food bank, preparing and serving a meal for someone in need, even delivering meals on Thanksgiving. It's doable, especially when you know that you're not doing it alone. You're doing it with other people. And it doesn't mean giving up all of that you already have. It just means creating that little bit of margin to see others and to serve others. In the same right, getting off your donkey, it doesn't mean that you have to solve all of the social ills of the world, because there's a lot. McNeil points out that one of the reasons that we walk on by is because we get so overwhelmed with the size and the complexity of the problems. So we become paralyzed, and we just throw up our hands and say, what's the use? Instead of responding in this way, though, the challenge is to scale the problems back to one. If you help one kid learn to read, then you might break the chain of poverty for that one kid. In Jesus' story, the Good Samaritan didn't chase down the robbers, re-engineer the road to be less likely to harbor criminals and work for a greater police protection on the highway. And neither did the Good neighbor pick up every other broken down or needy person on the road. He helped one. And that one mattered. The one matters. As Tim said, every little act changes the world, so why not make it for the better? These are just some of the reasons that McNeil lists as to why we pass on by. And there's many other reasons why we don't help. I encourage you to take a look at the book so that I don't have to just, you know, like stand up here and read the whole thing because that would be really boring and also take a really long time and I'm getting hungry. But he gives some really great examples talking about prejudice and judgmentalism and reasons why we walk by as well as fear and indifference and apathy and how these can all play into why we choose to walk by rather than to walk over and help. Tomorrow is Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And in honor of that, and the way that Reverend King led his entire life getting off of his donkey, I invite you to remember his words, that the time is right to do what is right. Because for too long we've talked about changing our focus, or being too busy and that's just the way it is, or listing out all of the shoulds that we should do in our lives. Now is the time. 
So let us get off of our donkeys and do that one small act that will change the world for someone else. Let's pray. Gracious God, it sounds easy to get off our donkey. It sounds easy, and yet we know that it is not. That there are so many reasons, so many excuses for us to pick out of the air so that we might walk along and not worry about that person because somebody else will care for them, right? But God, you call us. And so we pray that you might fortify us. Give us the courage, the strength, the knowledge, whatever we might need in that situation. When we see someone, to go over and to be your hands and your feet. God, we pray these things through the power of your spirit. Amen. Now we do move into a time of praying with one another and for one another. And so as the worship band plays and we get to sing with them, I invite those who are online to um, share any prayers that you might have at prayer at brexelumc.com, texting or in the um, comments on Facebook, and let us stand in body or in spirit as we sing together.
Amen. You may be seated. We have a few prayers that have come in. Um, Taylor asks for prayers for her grandfather, Marion, who is still in the hospital. Prayers that he will be able to come home this week. And Sally asks for prayers for Sandy, who is recovering from hip surgery. She's in good spirits, and the surgery was a success. And Sarah asks for prayers for all teachers at the end of the quarter. Yes. And then I also um, want to share a prayer of joy as we get to celebrate uh, Skip Smith this, after, or this afternoon, shortly, as soon as I'm done talking. <laughs> um, downstairs in Fellowship Hall, we will celebrate um, his beautiful life together. With that, let us go to our Lord in prayer. God of love, we pray that you might give us a deep love for you so that we can see the world as you see it, so that we can feel the compassion that you feel and be a people whose lives mediate your love to others. Grant us the insight to see the need that of others and the wisdom to know what to do and then the will to go and do it. And we pray for all of those who we might cross the road to avoid, those who have been excluded for whatever reason, looked down upon and reduced. God, may their dignity that is yours, that is theirs in you, may it be restored to them. And open our eyes so that we might not cross the road from human need, but rather give us a deep love so that we might see you at work in this world and then go and do likewise. We pray all of these things in the beautiful name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together using these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our action steps are ways that you can get off your donkey and go and help someone in need. And next weekend, we have many ways for you to do that. First is our Bike Fix-It Day from 9 to noon on Saturday. And then on Sunday, you can get to know Mission and Outreach and all of the work that we are doing together after worship, and we'll have a soup lunch, and then we'll have Pearl Road that Tim and Leslie mentioned in their video. You can help with that, and you can go and you can serve with that next Sunday as well. And then we also have our hymn sing here in the sanctuary at 1130, and that's both in person and you can join online as well. And then we also want to let you know about our 
um, how you can get to know us a little better around here. So the first thing is that we have a talk with the team, which is really simply a way, it's one hour or less, um, directly after this service on the 29th. And it's a way to get to know each of us on the ministry team, introduce yourself, ask us questions, learn what we do around here. So if you need to connect with us and you get to tour this beautiful and big building. And then after that, the next Sunday, we will begin our basic beliefs class, which is really just a, what does it mean to be a United Methodist and dig into that because if you're going to be a member, or you're going to get involved here and, and get dig in, then you kind of need to know what you're getting into, right? So this is a way for you to learn, I guess I would say, our kind of crazy around here. Um, but those are just a few of the ways that you can connect with us. There's so many more on BUMC links, so I encourage you to check that out. Also, just give us a call, and we would love to talk with you. So with that, let us receive our benediction so we might go and do God's good work. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen.
appreciate y'all. Thanks for joining us. Have a wonderful week. Thank you.